America, we don't turn to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before, and it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. Good morning. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. You're locked and loaded right here on Live from America. Today is April 27th, year of our Lord, 2022. And I am your ever so humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from the Live Free or Die Granite State of New Hampshire. And it's a blessing to be here with you guys. I got a lot to go through today. But I wanted to start out this morning with this nice little cold open video of the people on The View joining the chorus of outrage over Musk buying Twitter. And again, what, you're, what we're seeing in the aftermath is everything that we knew was going to happen when somebody that said they were going to bring free speech back to this large platform would happen. First, they were going to go to Canada. Then they were going to leave Spotify. Now they're going to leave Twitter. I, have a, I, I think I have a feeling that they're not going anywhere. But I hate to do this to you. I hate to give you the cackling hens at The View. But we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. Here they are. And this is what they think about what's going on with Elon Musk and Twitter. Check this out. In fact, on Twitter, it is predominantly straight white men. So when Elon Musk says, wow, this is about free speech, it seems to me that it's about free speech of straight 
white men. And so let them have it. Let them just <laughs> go at it. For some reason, a lot of people on the right are celebrating this as a big win for free speech. But the left loves free speech, too, don't we? No, you so don't. So why are conservatives so excited over Musk taking over? Why are conservatives happy about yeah. this? And it's because they've been waging war against Twitter. They've been selling the narrative that Twitter stifles freedom of speech. Uh, they want to see Donald Trump get back his Twitter platform. Uh, or we they don't care. To want to get see uh, Donald Trump get his Twitter platform back. If you have $44 billion and you use it to buy Twitter, you make bad decisions. This yeah. says the person without $44 billion. All right, did you hear that? She says if you have $44 billion and you spend it to buy Twitter, then there's something wrong with you. You have problems. I love how the left constantly tells other people how to spend their money. They want your money to give for people to have mutilation and, and sexual surgical, surgical sexual transitions. They want you to give your money in order to help illegals come to the United States of America and have Obama phones and everything else. They want you to give your money. Isn't it funny how they always are caring about what other people are doing with their money? A, it's none of your business what Elon Musk or anybody else, even Jeff Bezos. It's none of your business what they do with their money. Jealous much? And... It has nothing to do, you see how flustered they are? They don't even know what to say. They're like, uh, they don't know what to say. And all they can resort back to is the race thing. The only thing they can resort back to is, this is for straight white males, straight white males. Last I, last I checked, straight white males aren't out there looking for Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's funny that this is the argument that they go to. And then she says, Joy Behar says, the left likes freedom of speech too. Well, then why is the entire left, including mainstream media, like MSNBC and everybody else, freaking out over the fact that there's going to be free speech on Twitter? It's a danger to our democracy, they all say. Watch a little bit more of this. I hate to do it to you, but here you go. Oh, hold on. We muted her. Ha <laughs> ha. We muted her. You know what? Let's just keep her muted. Let's go to the next one because we have another one here. Now, this is actually from Project Veritas. So this is a little bit better than listening to the, uh, to the cackling hens of The View. This is from Project Veritas, released yesterday, and this is an audio clip from inside the board of Twitter. This is Twitter executives and Twitter board members, and this is a leaked audio clip of what they feel about this newly acquired, or this new transition into, uh, uh, from their woketopia to actual reality. Check this out. How did the board and Mr. Musk plan on dealing with a mass exodus, considering the acquisition is by a person with questionable ethics? The question of attrition, um, you know, as Parag stated, you know, uh, one of the themes of today is continuity um, and ensuring that Parag and this leadership team continues to operate the business successfully on behalf of our users, on behalf of our customers. Um, and that has obviously been a big topic of discussion at the board. And as I mentioned, an area that uh, is important to Elon Musk as well, because of the importance of Twitter as a service. With no board in place, who will keep Elon accountable and how? Nobody. Elon made it clear in public <laughs> that a large part of the reason he bought the platform was because of our moderation policies and disagreements in how we deal with health. This puts Twitter service and trust and safety, as well as anybody who cares about health on the platform, in a very difficult position. Twitter service, the role of our policies, and the capabilities we've built around content moderation are fundamental to keeping Twitter safe and growing. I believe 
that there is a lot of work we have to do to continue making that better. Sometimes that means more thoughtful moderation. Sometimes that means making things simpler. Sometimes that means changing product incentives to be able to solve problems through products sometimes instead of policies. During the last All Hands, you said that you trust Elon Musk. The correct quote was, we trust him. So who is we? And talking to Elon, what made you trust him? And based on the conversation I had with him uh, when we were excited to have him join our board, that was because as a major shareholder and an opinionated user, we wanted that voice in our boardroom so that we could learn. Is there an updated understanding on what free speech means? The question behind the question here which is where might Twitter's product go as a private company in the future once this deal closes. To best gain perspective on this, as I said earlier, we'll find ways to bring Elon for a Q&A with all of you to understand better what his vision for the future of Twitter might look like. Well, it looks like freedom of speech. That's what it looks like there, Parag. And you know what? I don't know any straight white men that are seeking out Twitter. Matter of fact, I see everything but straight white men on Twitter. Last I checked, toxic masculinity wasn't allowed on your little tweet, 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 tweet platform. And nor should it be. We don't want to be there. We don't want to be there. Unbelievable, this fallout, isn't it? And again, folks, again, I don't care about Elon Musk and I don't care about Tesla, SpaceX, or Twitter. What I care about is watching the left fold like a cheap suit, like a like a like a like a uh, a yard sale lawn chair. Fold like a a yard sale lawn chair. It's truly incredible to watch and to see how mad they are when nothing's even happened yet. You know what I mean? Nothing has even happened yet. That's the crazy part about all of this. No changes have been made yet, and they're freaking out like this. Watch out for those straight white males coming to tweet. Hey, we're here to tweet. <laughs> All righty. Anyway, Terry Caston, thank you very much for your donation. Iris Aguilar, God bless you. Thank you for your card and your donation. Denise Neff, again, thank you for your card and your donation. Mary D'Agostino sent my mother a Mother's Day card and $50 for my mom to do whatever she would wanted with. And I got to tell you, my mom was in tears. Mary D'Agostino, thank you so very much for making my mom happy for Mother's Day. And we're not even there yet. Peggy, ha- uh, Peggy Hammond, thank you very much as well. And Donna Sullivan, God bless you and thank you for the air fresheners for my truck. And my wife's car, we really appreciate it. Let's go to, uh, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm just sitting here thinking of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the view and the left and everybody just freaking out over something that's really not that big of a deal. I mean, no, again, nothing has happened yet. Not a single thing. So we're going to go to the verse of the day today, you guys. Let's get right to it. I called this one Calling People Names. Now, this is something that we've been talking an awful lot about lately. It's something that I get a lot of emails about, about my name calling. Now, I will say, I will forever and always keep my nicknames for my political uh, opponents. And uh, Rhinos and everybody else. Those are never going to go away. Uh, But I have been praying on this a lot lately, so I really want to... uh, I really want to talk about this. Verse of the day today comes from Matthew 5.22. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. 
And whosoever shall say to his brother, Reka, Reka, or Raka, which means basically it's a name for empty-headed or mindless person, or what we would say today as a moron, or an idiot, or a dummy. See what I'm saying? Um, uh, uh, whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Now, this is going to be a hard one for all of us, you guys, but, but we, need to, we need to pay attention to this. Now, I've been praying about this for a long time. This morning, I woke up, lifted the blinds in my dining room after I made my first cup of coffee, because I feel at 5.30 a.m., if you look out at the sunrise and listen to the sound of the earth waking up and the birds and everything else, I feel that's the literal voice of God talking to me in a language that no person ever could. I asked him to point me to a verse this morning, as I always do, and he pointed me to something that has actually been on my mind and something that's been an issue with me stemming from my life before Christianity. Now I had to come to this conclusion that after you have, um, I had, excuse me, now I had come to the conclusion that if you had no hate and anger in your heart when you call somebody a name, then it's permissible. The only part of that is true, and here's why. Bible translations are key, ladies and gentlemen, and if you really want to make sure that you're getting the word of God, we have to compare Bibles and their translations. Very important. Every single version outside the King James Version took out the words without cause in the above verse. So when I said to you that whoever whoever is angry with his brother without cause— In no other version, except for the King James Version, does it say without cause. So I'm really curious as to why all uh, translations uh, after the King James Version took out those two words without cause. Because that's a very, very important part of this verse. Because it lets me know that without cause being in there is very, very important because we have to make sure that we're reading this in context. Okay? So like I said, only part of that true. Bible, uh, Bible translations are key, and we really want to make sure we're getting the, the real word of God. So they took out without cause from the verses above, and you have to ask yourself why. It seems to me that if you have cause, then you can be angry at your neighbor, but you can never harbor the feelings of hatred, if that makes sense. There's a difference between anger and hatred, all right? People use the comparisons of Jesus calling people names, that in that day and time were equal to us saying moron, idiot, airhead, loser, etc. And yes, he did do that in many occasions. And he destroyed and disrespected people's personal property when he flipped over tables. But I'm reminded of when our parents told us this, and I'm sure you've heard it all. Do as I say, not as I do. How many of you have heard that same thing from your parents growing up? Now, Jesus was God in the flesh, perfect in all ways. He has the right to judge where we do not. Now, while I believe that in anger, you can call people what they actually are, such as a liar, a pedophile, a thief, a hypocrite, etc. If you are angry with somebody, and somebody is these things, they are these things, then you can, I believe, you're permissible to call them what they are. All right? It can never be out of hatred, though, nor can it be just to call them a name just to slander them because you feel like it. Now, I do use a lot of terms like that when, I'm, when I say the word scumbag, dirtbag, loser, etc. 
And I will try to stop doing that when not permitted. Jesus' standards and teachings are pretty high on this, though. If we are to be children of God, then we must realize and recognize our own faults and point them out when we see them. We thank God that he gave his only son to atone for our sins and our weaknesses. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's very hard, folks. It's a very hard thing to do. To not just sit here and say, moron, idiot, loser. Because we do get angry and we do say those things. Now again, the way I read it, without cause, that's very important. I believe you do have cause if you're angry with somebody for a reason that gives you cause. And I believe that you can call them what they truly are. But we do want to stay away from just calling people names just because. So I, did, I, I wanted to start uh, the, the, the day out today with that because it's something that I need to work on. And I want to tell you guys, just like Linda Kaiser, uh, Kaiser just says, the struggle is real. And the struggle is real. And we're never going to be perfect. It is the way it is. But it is something that we should all work on. Now let's go to the Lord together, ladies and gentlemen. Take off your hats if you're wearing one. And let's give the respect that we were just talking about. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We've learned a lot this week, haven't we, folks? Not only about all the achievements and all the winning that we're doing, but we've, we've learned a lot. We've learned not to gloat so much. We've learned not to celebrate and, and, and rejoice so much when our enemies fail. But to, uh, to be happy with the Lord that he helped us defeat them and, 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 and vanquish them, but at the same time reach down and pull them back up. And we learned this today, something a lot of you probably already knew. You got to under, uh, understand, I'm a pretty new Christian. Okay, so I have to find out a lot of these things on my own, but I do want to say thank you. And I appreciate all of you who help uh, help me and send me these kind of messages so that it does help me, you know, pray to God the right way and ask for the right things and then get them and grow. So thank you all very, very much. Look at these donations. I didn't even know you guys were doing this. God bless each and every one of you. And thank you so, so very much. Uh, I want to ask for prayers from Marianne Williams. Prayers for a family friend, a veteran with cancer on hospice. Marianne Williams, we will pray for you. And thank you, Eli, for bringing that into me and bringing that to my attention. Uh, folks, um, let's just get started. Let's just get started with the show because I got a heck of a show for you. So uh, if you're ready to rumble, if you've already shared the video, if you're ready to get the news, then put your cups up and let's have our first slurp. Now. Before we get started, I want to recap the last seven days. In the last week, let's just call it round about the last week. I want to recap it for you so you never forget exactly what's going on. In the last week, Elon Musk bought Twitter, sending the left into a frenzy because free speech will now finally be allowed and there will be no mass exodus of Democrats from Twitter because they have nowhere else to go. Sean King deleted Twitter, along with a bunch of other liberal Democrats who offer the world no positivity and nothing of value. Jon Stewart found out nobody likes his show. CNN uh, Plus 
dead in the water. Joe Rogan announced that he has 2 million new subscribers since the fallout with Spotify and everybody saying they were going to get rid of their Spotify accounts because of that. He's gained 2 million new subscribers. Jamel Hill failed again. Bamani failed again. A judge struck down a travel mask mandate. Spotify dropped Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. And Disney and Netflix stock is tanking because of their wokeness. That's your last week in review, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Sean reactivated his account and tried to say he was getting death threats and people trying to hack his account. Uh, And he compared him to the January 6th people. Well, I guess that didn't last long. I guess that didn't last long. But that is your week in review. And those are only some of the big things. We had a lot more achievements and we had a lot more wins than that. If you agree, share the video and let's get to the real first and foremost section of the day, which is, which is this. When I tell you that the tides are turning and I ask you if you feel it, and I ask you if you feel we're on offense, it was always going to take getting Democrats and independents to leave whatever they call the left or on the fence and come to the Republican Party. In almost every single state, and this is a big shout out to Scott Pressler and other people that are getting involved in doing this in each state, in almost every state, Republican voter registrations are dwarfing Democrat voter registrations. In the swing and battleground states, not only has there been almost 60 election election integrity security laws signed into law, but Republican registrations are miles ahead of Democrat voter registration. We're talking new voter registration. You guys, this is going to be a red wave bigger than the 1990s. And maybe not bigger in numbers because there's not as many seats as there was then. But there'll be a maximum amount of seats shifting from one side to another. You can bet that. I want to bring a letter to your attention. Now, this was a letter from a former Democrat. And I say former as in just recently, by the way. This is a letter from a former Democrat who has now left the party because of what's happening. And if this person is doing it, you know, millions are. They shared this letter with a bunch of U.S. senators and representatives. It then made its way to President Donald J. Trump's desk in Mar-a-Lago. And in President Trump fashion, he shared it out to the world. I would like to read that letter if I could. Now, the former Democrat here felt compelled to write this message for the first time in their life. And I think it's very important for you guys to see this or hear this. Dear Senators and Representatives, I am sending this letter to all Senators and Representatives and will wait to see which office, staff, or intern passes this along to the intended recipient. And I will await responses from the people who realize they work for us, the people. By the way, this is from a Democrat. Very important. I am a 58-year-old former Democrat. This is the first time in my life I have felt compelled to write as I feel helpless about the state of our country. Never involved in politics before, President Trump has awakened many of us. As a retired teacher from a family of former Democrats, union workers, immigrants, and military service, I always loved and took great pride in this country. My grandparents came here legally 
and I still have my grandmother's document from Ellis Island. She was brought here at nine years of age and by 16 years old, oh, excuse me, and by her 16-year-old brother. You see, my family had, a, had to come a few at a time. The fathers came first, learned the language, obtained employment, and saved the money to bring the rest of the family a few at a time. No food stamps, no housing assistance, no free health care. They worked their tails off. And when they worked to give back to this great country, this country gave back to them. Both my father and my father-in-law served in the army proudly. These are Democrats. This is a Democrat, folks. And as I sit here today, scored to death about the direction of this country, I heard, I had heard of the swamp and was aware of some extent of deals that were made by politicians. However, as President Trump correctly stated, the swamp is deeper than we ever thought. President Trump has been correct about many things. He was spied on. The Russia hoax was a hoax. The phony impeachment was phony. And the fake dossier was fake. Yes, that is the swamp. For four years, President Trump was abused, insulted, lied about, and uh, undermined. And he still accomplished more than any president I've ever known. Just think about how much better this country could have been if Democrats and Republicans worked with him instead of against him at every turn. Many of us, more than 73 million, do not believe this was a free and fair election, and I'm a Democrat. In New Jersey, a very blue state, I witnessed a boat and car parade and ra- boats and car parades, excuse me, of the plural, rallies and Trump flags posted all over the state. On a trip to upstate New York, on the same on the state throughway, excuse me, I passed a seven-mile parade of cars with Trump flags and American flags. And I watched as President Trump was way ahead in all the swing states and votes magically changed in the, in the wee hours of the night. If there was no fraud, then why didn't you allow an investigation? Leftist judges refused to even look at this information. All we hear is no one is above the law, so why were election laws broken? This election was stolen, and many of us know it. In fact, many of you were all in on the plan to destroy the president from day one. And now you sit here talking about impeachment of presidents of the people? Such hypocrisy. President Trump did not incite violence. He encouraged people to be strong and loud. Let your voices be heard. Protest peacefully and patriotically. Over 400 rallies, and there was no violence. Just singing, dancing, and praying. Now I will end this letter with this, folks. I am sure you will address and remove the following people since you don't want to incite violence. Maxine Waters inciting violence against Trump supporters. Adam Schiff lying to Congress and making up the Russia hoax. Jerry Nadler, Antifa is a myth. Kamala Harris donating and assisting BLM and Antifa rioters and bailing them out of jail. Joe and Hunter Biden deals with China and Ukraine. Nancy Pelosi tearing up the State of the Union address, condoning the tearing down of our national monuments and defunding our police, which have made our communities unsafe. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a, this was a Democrat. That was a Democrat. If this made its way to President Trump's desk, and if this person walked away from the Democratic Party based on everything that you just heard me read, 
That means that this person did their due diligence. They did their own investigation. They looked at the evidence. They looked at the proof. They had a free thinking mind and they realized, hey, there's not there's something not right here. And as a Democrat, I cannot be a part of this. That's happening by the millions. I can guarantee you. And that is why I tied the first and foremost section with the cold open. Because Twitter was their main weapon. Their main weapon, even bigger than Facebook, even though bigger is a lot larger. Uh, Facebook is a lot larger. There, that, was their main, uh, 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 that was their main weapon to use against the public. And now they don't have it. And that's why they're mad. They're mad because people are waking up and they can't stop it. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the first and foremost section. And because of that brave, brave woman coming forward and saying those very, very true and very amazing things, let's go ahead and give her. Smarty Award of the Day. It's great when you see people actually thinking for themselves. This is the kind of hope that I have been wanting to bring to all of you. This is what you're fighting and my fighting for God every single day, trying to be better people, trying to be better Christians, trying to be better Americans, trying to be better fathers, husbands, wives, daughters, sons, grandparents, uncles, and aunts, trying to make America great again We are seeing so much of our hard work pay off. This is so important that you guys get the opportunity and the time to actually think about everything that we've been through and where we're going and what we've achieved in the face of a David Goliath situation. On November 4th, 2020, you were reduced to a David prior to a King David, to a tiny little boy with no armor, with no military experience, no training whatsoever. And Goliath was the left and the uniparty that stole the election from President Donald J. Trump and started to go on a war path by, uh, by changing all of his policies to, to tear this country down to rubble. And you didn't let it happen. And you should be very, very happy and give all glory to God that he give, gave you this opportunity today. Today's one of those days where you get to celebrate good over evil. Now let's move on to somebody that's not so good, and that is Rhino Robin Voss, the Speaker of the State House of the great state of Wisconsin. Now this is not going to be a bad story about Rhino Robin Voss. It's actually a good story, but the fact that we had to, he had to get this kind of a kick in the butt in order to do this, that is why we need to continue to pay attention to Mr. Robin Voss. Robin Voss has extended, which is good news, Wisconsin Special Counsel Michael Gableman's contract. However, Michael Gableman had to agree to a reduced salary. That means the investigation will continue. That means Michael Gableman will still be in charge of the investigation of the Zuckerbucks and all of the fraud. However, he had to do it on a reduced salary because they didn't have the money to pay him anymore, 
And this is what kind of a great patriot Michael Gableman is. And I apologize for not having him on the show yet. We will get him on. It's just sometimes schedules don't work out. Speaking of schedules, I'll tell you, we've had some cancellations or some, some rescheduling of guests. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But Michael Gableman has a basically just had a, a, a Donald Trump moment. Donald Trump did not get paid while he did his job. And Gableman is coming in and he's taking a reduced salary just to get this investigation done. And he should be highlighted for that. That's great. But this extension from Robin Voss to to Michael Gableman did not happen. Listen to me, folks. Did not happen until President Trump said, get your butt in gear. That's when it started happening. When President Trump put out a statement and said, get your butt in gear, that's when it happened. On Monday, President Trump released a statement calling on Wisconsin GOP leaders to extend special counsel Michael Gableman's contract into potential fraud and crimes of the 2020 election. Special counsel Gableman released an explosive preliminary report in March, if you remember, and there was some, there were still some outstanding subpoenas to Democrat mayors and election officials and voting machines, including uh, Dominion. So President Trump got involved and he said, a special counsel appointed by the Wisconsin Assembly to investigate the crimes of the 2020 election did an outstanding job. He discovered many pieces of evidence that indicate foul play. Anyone calling themselves a Republican in Wisconsin, get this is how President Trump releases statements, it's great, should support the continued investigation in Wisconsin without interference. After all, the evidence that uh, the report brought to light, how could anyone want to stop it? I understand some rhinos, and he's speaking of Robin Voss here, I understand that some rhinos have primary challengers in Wisconsin. I'm sure their primary opponents would get a huge bump in the polls if these rhinos interfere. Don't you just love the way he puts out his little cryptic messages and basically says, uh, know your role and do your job or else you're gone. So one day after President Trump put out that uh, statement, of course, Robin Voss extended the investigation of Michael Gableman. That's power, folks. President Trump still has power in his, in his words. And he put out that statement and Robin Voss went, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Do you think that this rhino is finally starting to realize the power of the MAGA movement, you know, you wonder if these guys are just ignorant or if, they, if, if they're not ignorant, they're elite, right? Because you think to yourself, how could you get yourself into this mess knowing that it was going to get on President Trump's bad side? And when you get on President Trump's bad side, there's an entire MAGA nation of 100 million plus people that are going to come after you politically, and they're going to come after you legally, and they're going to shut you down. How do these people not know that? So I always think to myself, are they ignorant or are they elite? Come to find out, Robin Voss was not elite. Robin Voss thought he was elite. His head was a lot bigger than his name on paper. And I can tell you this, he's starting to feel now the wrath. He's starting to feel the wrath, and and so he was not elite. He was ignorant. Robin Voss was just ignorant. He did not understand the power of the MAGA community until now. So it's nice that President Trump can rein this guy in and keep him, uh, keep him uh, doing what he's supposed to do. Now, I want to move on because Representative Madison Cawthorn is still being attacked. And I guarantee you 
that it's not just the Democrats that are behind these attacks on Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's not just the Democrats that are behind these attacks on Madison Cawthorn and Matt Gates and anybody else that calls themselves a MAGA America First Trump uh, Republican. So now, now popular representative Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina has been accused of, quote, potential. You like how they use these words? Look, either accuse me of something or don't. Don't say, well, potentially this could have happened. Theoretically, this could have happened. Maybe this is the issue. Might have found something. It's all for a headline. Madison Cawthorn accused of potential insider trading potential insider trading trading while nancy pelosi and her husband walk free raking in millions and millions of dollars it isn't just the democrats that want these guys gone it's the republicans too the fangs are out for popular representative Madison Cawthorn. First, corrupt Democrats led by Hillary attorney Mark Elias attempted to remove him from the ballot in North Carolina. Guess what? <laughs> Lost. Then, the Democrats and or rhinos, or both, released months-old photos of Madison in lingerie on a cruise ship with his wife. Guess what? <laughs> Doesn't matter. On Tuesday, Project on Government Oversight, a far-left watchdog group, argued that Madison Cawthorn should be investigated for potential insider trading for a photo on Instagram with the Let's Go Brandon cryptocurrency team at a party. The event took place the night before they publicly launched their cryptocurrency. But, but Nancy Pelosi is famous for her family's deal-making and insider trading that's made them millions of dollars and lets them, allows her uh, to, and affords her to have $12,000 worth of ice cream. She faces no repercussions, though. Madison Cawthorn may have violated federal insider trading laws as he hyped up an alleged pump and dump cryptocurrency scheme. Multiple watchdog groups told who the Washington Examiner on December 29th, the beleaguered North Carolina congressman posed at a party with James Katulis, a hedge fund manager and the ringleader of the Let's Go Brandon cryptocurrency, a meme coin set in the wake of the chant mocking resident Joe Biden. LGB legends, tomorrow we go to the moon. Cawthorn, who has stated publicly he owns the cryptocurrency, posted on Instagram in response to the picture posted on Katula's Instagram page. The next day, LGBC coin, or LGB coin, excuse me, let's go Brandon coin, did exactly as the lawmaker predicted. But that's not insider trading. Anybody with a brain could have predicted that LGB coin was going to go through the roof because of the chance alone. Entire football stadiums were chanting, let's go, Brandon. The left freaked out about that like they did the word groomers, and they started putting a kibosh to all of it, telling people they could not have freedom of speech in the football stands. It didn't matter. It kept going. So any, any dummy with any kind of education whatsoever could have told you that because it's such a popular saying and because more than half the country feels that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president, that the let's go Brandon coin was going to be a success. So they're trying to use the success of the let's go Brandon coin because of what it is. And the fact that Madison Cawthorn owns some of the let's go Brandon coin stock. And they're saying that he had insider trading, or he was a part of insider trading because the stock went through the roof. 
This is going to go nowhere. And like the last two, have fun. Enjoy. Enjoy your little witch hunt because that's all you're going to get. Unbelievable. Now let's go to some good news. In Oklahoma, if you are an Oklahoman, Oklahoman is Oklahomian? Oklahoman. I would just think it's an Oklahoman. If you live in Oklahoma, you will be happy about this story right here. Oklahoma bans non-binary indicators on birth certificates. Governor Kevin Stitt signed into law a bill on Tuesday that bans the option to indicate a non-binary gender on state birth certificates. Well, isn't this amazing? It's amazing that we have to pass laws that say that you have to say man or woman on a birth certificate. It's amazing that we have to pass laws that you can't be a bird or a train or an XYZ. You're a man or a woman. You're a boy or a girl. And now there's huge, big-time lefty watchdog groups out there trying to petition to Facebook, trying to petition to Twitter, trying to petition to Instagram, Snapchat, and other social media platforms to not allow gender reveals on the platforms. Because gender reveal videos, you know, like when you're having a baby and you do like balloons and you pop the balloon and either pink dust or blue dust comes out, that is, a, that is offensive to non-binary genderless people. So that means if somebody's scrolling along on their Facebook page or on their Twitter page or whatever, and they see a gender reveal video and they go, no, no, why did they take that baby's rights away? Wait, you're admitting it's a baby. Why did they take that fetus's rights away to be whatever they want to be? This is child abuse, says the far left, crazy purple haired person living in their mom's basement with tight skinny jeans on and black rimmed glasses how dare you gender videos while many states only provide the option for male and female on birth certificates the latest move from the republican governor makes oklahoma the first state to ban the non-binary option explicitly via legislation good job kevin stitt good job Uh, Let's follow suit, the rest of you red states. Maybe when I become a representative right here in New Hampshire, maybe that might be the first bill that I introduce. I can't wait for that. Introducing bills, it's going to be fun. Cindy. Cindy Lou Who says, I'm tired of bowing down to these mental, uh, to these, uh, to those with mental issues. Kayla says, woke clowns. Who cares what the 1% thinks, says Tommy. Amen. Amen, brother. It is sick. Yes, it is, Chick73. I got got hairy legs. (laughs) Anyway, we got another win to talk about, so let's go from Oklahoma over to Kansas. But before we do, before we go from Oklahoma to Kansas, I do want to show everybody one more time, in case you forgot, that we are partnered with the Brave American right now. You can go to my website and link over to their page, or you can go right to their page, the uh, braveamerican.com. This is some of the beautiful metal art, home decor that they have. You want to check that out. This is my favorite one right on top here. Also, if you want uh, patriotic metal 
art. They have that as well. So let's pull this up here. There we go. Some great patriotic metal art. I really love this tree of life. And I really love this very, very huge, shiny uh, metal American flag. That's really awesome. And of course, they have the homemade flags, wooden flags. And these are all, all homemade by veterans. They only employ veterans. So all of your purchases go towards um, this veteran business. And it goes towards helping live from America because we do get a small kickback from that. So make sure you go to braveamerican.com and put in the promo code LFA. Now, from Oklahoma to Kansas, you're going to love this if you live in Kansas. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Kansas State Senate has overridden the governor's veto on the transgender sports ban bill. Long story short, The people of Kansas do not want men competing against women. The people of Kansas do not want boys with massive muscles competing against girls in school who definitely have a severe handicap when it comes to being, I don't know, fair. So the people of Kansas want this. The state legislature wants this. The Senate wants this. So a bill got sent, passed by both houses, the House and the Senate, and got sent to the governor, Democrat, by the way, Democrat Governor Laura Kelly, and she vetoed that bill and said, no, 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 no. We need Steve to come in and beat on Lucy. Because that's fair. Never mind women's rights. Never mind the mountain of troubles that women had to go through to get rights, to be able to vote, to be in sports, to be looked at as equals. Now we're just going to stomp all over that and send in old Steve to beat the crap out of little uh, Jennifer. That's what Governor Democrat Governor of Kansas, Laura Kelly, wanted. But, of course, the state Senate said, nah, we're not going to have any of that. The state bill originally came from the Senate, Senate Bill 160. The legislation requires interscholastic, intercollegiate, uh, intramural, and club athletic teams or sports that are sponsored by public educational institutions to ban male students from joining teams or sports designated for females. That doesn't sound bad. That doesn't sound bad. Well, it sure as heck sounded bad to Democrat Governor Laura Kelly. She didn't like it, but guess what? You're going to have to just eat it. Laura Kelly, because the state Senate said, okay, we're just going to override that. And they did. They overrode the bill 28 to 10 and then sent the bill to the House, which the House is expected to also pass it and completely override the governor. That is the people speaking. That is the people of Kansas speaking. And that is why I've always said this country is not a government from the top down. This This country was built for the people to be in control. So you run it from the bottom up. Matter of fact, you could actually say you're the top and the president of the United States is at the bottom because you have more power than they do. And that was perfect proof of it right there. They did the same thing in in, uh, Pennsylvania with the uh, it was last year, wasn't it? uh, With Pennsylvania, remind me, they took away the governor's emergency powers for any longer than 30 days. They overrode that. They said, no, we're going to take that. We're going to take your power away. How do you like that? That's the people speaking. So good job, uh, Kansas State Senate. That's the kind of uh, that's the kind of courage and the kind of fight that we want to see. Now, since we're on this issue, this is not going to be a very easy story for me to read to you, because we always hear about people being able to be what gender they want to be, 
You should leave them alone. Let them do what they want. You should leave Disney alone. Let them sexualize kids. But see, the reason why the parental law in Florida is so important is because people like Disney, they are out there working their butts off to push this world into doing surgical gender reassignment. Basically, the body mutilation of children. That is what Disney wants. Disney and Hollywood and all of these other woke large corporations, they want your kids to not only dress as the opposite sex, but they also want them to get gender reassignment surgically. That's the end game. And we hear about this all the time, and we hear how it's a good and evil fight. It is. But what we don't hear is testimonials from people who actually did it and regret it. And they're out there. They're actually out there by the hundreds of thousands. Now, I'm not going to read you the entire story, but I am going to read you some of this testimony. And what these kids don't realize is this is a forever decision. This is not a decision where you're like, oh, I'm going to get married and then I'm going to get a divorce. This is not a decision like, oh, I'm going to get my tubes tied. But if I ever want to, I can get them untied. This is not a decision like, oh, I'm going to get a vasectomy. But if I want to reverse it, I can. No, this is a lifelong decision that you're going to make. Now, I want to read to you some of the, word, some of the stuff here that, that, that's in this testimony from this person who felt that there was no other way out but to transition, felt so lost in their head they needed to transition. They petitioned doctors. They got the school involved. They got the public school counselors involved. They got the state involved. Parents worked uh, actively to make sure that they could do this, and there was doctors that actually went along with this. Unbelievable. I want to read to you about halfway through this testimony where she says, where this person says, I had to transition because of everything that I was going through. So I had to transition, which meant I had to convince my parents and doctors to let me transition. Remember, I had been convinced by online hyper-left rhetoric that my soul was on the line here, so nothing was off the table. Adult trans people online gave scripts for how to talk to parents and doctors when you wanted to access trans medical care. This is why having your kids online is so damned dangerous. I dug through my memories, searching for evidence of good, gentle female soul buried deep inside my awful, twisted male body. When I was a kid, I tried on my mom's sandals. I wore nail polish with my mom and my sister. When my mom was nursing my sister, I tried to mimic what she was doing by holding a doll to my chest. I didn't like haircuts that made me look too masculine. I used these isolated incidents to construct a narrative, and I even convinced myself it was true. I also convinced myself following the guidance of an online transsexual video that I'd kill myself if I did not transition. I made suicidal threats. I claimed that I'd buy hormones off the black market. Again, adult trans women on the internet told me how I could do this if I needed to. Where is, the, where is, where is Merrick Garden Gnome Garland now? Where's Christopher Ray? Where is the worthless, spineless, coward, biased, left-wing FBI and the very worthless Department of Justice now when all this is happening? 
I begged. I pleaded. I threw fits. Healthcare providers told my parents that I was trans, that I was transitioning, but, and, and it was the best thing for me. It would be good for my health, they said. I got my mom on my side, and together we talked my dad into letting me start puberty blockers at the age of 15. These are the kind of people that we need to care that, that need to go around to public schools and speak. I can tell you that. And maybe, just maybe, this is a documentary that myself and Heather Mullins will put together for Real America's Voice News, where we get these people to come forward and actually give an alternative message to these poor kids that are being brainwashed. I'm sorry I'm getting ticked, but this kind of stuff gets me that way. After I banked sperm. Thank God they made me preserve my fertility because I wouldn't have done it myself. And estrogen at age 16. Even this was too slow for me. Every day my body was masculinizing. Every day the slow drip of poison was mutating me into horror. This is what he felt. I wasn't old enough to understand what I was going through myself. I didn't realize what I was giving up, how permanent these changes I was making were, but I hadn't yet made the worst decision of my life. That, if, that would come a few years later when I decided to have myself castrated. I'm sorry to read this to you, but you guys need to understand what our kids are going through, and we need to have an opposing message, and this is where the church needs to step up and stand in. But they're not. They're afraid, and it drives me crazy, and it makes me want to scream and cry. I was about 20 years old. I remember being 21 when I got the surgery. While my mom remembers me being 19, I don't really want to dig up medical records to check. Even writing about it conjures up traumatic memories, he said. I no longer cared about being female, but the fundamental self-hatred was still there. I'd chosen a new name. I'd chosen a lot of new names, and none of them stuck, and was telling people to use they, them pronouns for me. I wanted to have my testicles removed. They were the source of my testosterone, the source of the poison. I had to take medication to block. They were symbolic of everything I hated about myself, he said. Can you imagine the pain and the suffering that somebody like this was going through? And all because of society and all because of the internet and these left-wing radical ideologies that want to destroy this world and give it to Satan. This is sickening. No responsible doctor should have performed this surgery, he said. I was frequently changing my name and my identity. I had no clear conception of who I was or what I wanted. The delusional thinking which began with me believing I was a woman deep down had morphed me into something stranger and darker, encouraged by a trans woman who'd stuck up for a friendship with me when I was 15 and they were in their mid-20s. Pedophilia, anyone? I saw myself as a being of water and light, an angel imprisoned in a filthy human body. I, were, I resented having to eat, sleep, go to the bathroom. I particularly hated having sexual desires and wanted to be rid of them. I saw the surgery as a rite of purification. Long story short, folks, I'll read the end to you. For many people, transition is an obsessive quest to, compulsive, to um, compulsively eradicate one's own sex, sexed characteristics. It's born from ideology. It's born from self-hatred. It's born from trauma and grooming by online strangers. This is a testimony from somebody who did it. So listen, we're at the end. 
gay, autistic, mentally disabled, and gender non-conforming teenagers, as well as victims of sexual violence, are the most affected. Pharmaceuticals and plastic surgery investors are getting rich off the butchery and the mutilation and mass sterilization and mass sterilization of these vulnerable and, and traumatized populations. Doctors and therapists who assist people in transitioning aren't providing care. They're enabling self-harm and practicing eugenics. A transition is never done. There's always more surgeries. There's always new treatments. There's always more work to be done. You can never carve away enough pieces of yourself to be satisfied. You can never rid yourself of the fundamental facts of your own biology. You can never be cleansed of your sin the end of the transition isn't self-actualization. It's self-annihilation. And that is a testimony of a person who went through what Disney wants to put your children through right now. Who went through what Disney wants to put your grandchildren through. Who Hollywood wants to put your grandchildren and your children through. Who these woke companies want to destroy your family nucleus that God gave you. Man, woman, child, authority figure, head of household, down to the children who do as their parents say, not as they do. That is the war we're against. And until we can give this other side of the fence story to these young children, I fear we're continuing to go down a bad road. What a brave testimony. What a brave testimony. And that is why I got so ticked off when I saw Dan Bongino stick up for Jenna Ellis, who was sticking up for Disney. Now, I'm not saying Dan Bongino is sticking up for Disney. Never said that once. I said Dan Bongino stuck up for Jenna Ellis because she stuck up for Disney. That's wrong, and I'm going to call it out. I don't care how many people we lose off this show. Sorry to do that story for you today. I know it was hard to hear for some of you, but it's sad, and the children that are watching this, that are in public schools, please, Please beware of what they're trying to put in your head. Now, I only got a couple stories left, so I'd like to get to them quickly if I could. We have a bigger we have a big problem in this country besides Joe Biden stealing the election. We have a big problem in this country besides what I just read. We have a big problem in this country besides abortion. We have a big problem in the fact that left-wing blue Democrats are leaving their blue states behind because even they're getting too blue for them. They're getting too communistic for them. And these ideological morons, and I'm calling them what they are because they think they can leave one Woketopia that they get sick of and go to somewhere else, which happens to be a red state, and bring their ideologies, excuse me, with them, bring their ways with them, and they end up corrupting our communities. They end up bringing that cancer to red states, and that is what Ron DeSantis said, stay away. Ron DeSantis 
went on a video yesterday saying he warns that Democrats are fleeing the California dumpster fire and they will move to places like Texas and they will move to places like Florida and they will attempt to ruin the state with their left-wing policies. Not only are they the Democrats that are sick of living there, but they're the same Democrats who are, not, uh, who are, who are trying to, who are probably being paid by the Democratic Party to do whatever they can to make Florida blue. Let's go ahead and play this video by Ron DeSantis where he's talking about this. There is cause for concern because if you look at, like Texas would have all these companies move from California over the years. So you'd have companies move from San Francisco to Austin and they'd bring hundreds of employees with them and those employees would vote the exact same way they voted that turned San Francisco into the dumpster fire that it is. Amen. And it's like the leftism, they will not draw the connection between their leftist ideology and the destruction that's all around them. And so it is a problem because I do think there's a class of voters who are, would, would come to Florida and they would continue to vote the same way. Ron DeSantis hit the nail on the head right there, folks. They're killing two birds with one stone. They're trying to turn red states blue, and at the same time, they're infecting your communities and their cancers in your communities, and they're starting small and branching out. In my neighborhood alone, we had three people in this last year move because they couldn't stand Massachusetts anymore. Three people moved from Massachusetts to my neighborhood. I made it a point. I am not lying to you. I made it a point to ask them, what their, political, <laughs> what their political affiliations were, and if they're bringing their crap from Massachusetts here. And each one of them said, no, we're actually of the other part. They're, they're, they feel the same way I do. But I personally said, welcome to the neighborhood. Don't bring your crap with you because we're not going to put up with it here. You ran from what you don't like. Don't bring it here and change it to here. It's up to you to say that to those people. Now, you're not threatening them, but you're letting them know very sternly, do not bring your left-wing garbage here. Because my kids are not going to be a slave to the crap that you bring and the luggage that you carry from your loser left-wing state to my very, very prosperous and wonderful God-loving red state. Not going to happen. It's up to you to say that when you see them move in. Again, you're not threatening them. You're letting them know. There's a very, very, very thin line here, and you're already on it having that license plate. Just a little bit of friendly advice. That is all. That is all. Now, we're going to go rhino hunting, and we have a new segment here, and I'd like to thank our producer, Eli, for putting this together, folks, because you always know we got some really good, uh, we got some good edits and some good artwork here for segments, but uh, this is the new rhino hunting segment of Live from America. We're rhino hunting here on Live from America. What a great uh, little video put together. You want to know what? Let's. <laughs> I love that. Hey, since this is the first time, let's let's play it again. Rhino hunting live from America. <laughs> all right, let's go rhino hunting now. We all know that just a few days ago, there was a gubernatorial debate in the great state of Georgia. And the gubernatorial debate really focused on Rhino, Governor Brian Kemp, and Rhino wannabe, but isn't, doesn't have enough courage to be a Rhino, David Perdue. 
Now, I want to talk about this for a minute because I think it's very interesting. The person that can't that, that, that Georgia would really want up there is Candace Taylor, and they didn't allow her up there. They didn't allow her up there because they want to start getting ahead. They want to start being proactive on these MAGA candidates. They want to start being proactive on these Make America Great Again candidates. They want to stop them before they even get started. That is why Candace Taylor was not there. However, why I wanted to focus on this and why I wanted to bring up uh, Governor uh, Brian Kemp and, and, and him being a rhino and David Perdue being backed by Trump. Now, here's the thing about this. We all know. No, I know I'm using the Disney song. I'm doing that on purpose. <laughs> I'm doing that on purpose because they all back Disney, too. Um, I, I, I want to bring this up because it's very important. We all know that President Trump makes some pretty bad decisions when it comes to endorsements. Okay, that's never going to get us off the Trump train, but we all know it. And if we're not able to say it, then we then we're just blindly following Trump. Okay, he makes some pretty bad endorsements. David Perdue is definitely one of them. And the reason why I know that is because even with a Trump endorsement, David Perdue is looked at as a coward in the state of Georgia. Many Georgians think he's too weak. They don't really classify him as a rhino. They just know he's a coward. He didn't fight for anything. Why would they want somebody who doesn't fight for their own political career for the state of Georgia, for the presidency of the United States. Why would they want anybody in there? They wouldn't. The state of Georgia is not duped. They're smart people. They know that David Perdue is a coward, and that is why Kemp, even after the debate, where everybody on the Purdue Purdue train said that he killed Kemp, and he did. I think he actually beat Kemp in that debate, but guess what? Kemp Kemp still holds a double-digit lead over him. How? How's that possible? How is a Trump-endorsed candidate who's going up against Kemp, who's like the dog crap of politics right now nobody likes, how does he hold a double-digit lead over a Trump-endorsed candidate? I'll tell you how. Because Trump endorsed the wrong candidate. That's how. And that's why we got to stop endorsing weak or rhino candidates. Now, I'm not trying to tell President Trump how to do his job. There's going to be a lot of people that say, Trump's way smarter than you, and he's doing things that you don't know about. Okay, cool. But he just spent how much money, and they're spending how much time on David Perdue, and he can't even break double-digit loss over, uh, with Kemp. Now, you put Candace Taylor up on that stage, you're going to have a very, different, uh, a very different outlook. Candace would actually pull higher than them if President Trump endorsed her. But it seems like President Trump is playing some politics here, And hopefully, 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 this right here will be what wakes him up and says, wait a minute, why are we double digits down to Kemp when Kemp is such a rhino? It's because Georgians know that Purdue is a coward. They know he's weak. Again, I won't call him a rhino. I won't go out on that limb. But I will say he's weak and Georgians know it and they don't want him. Better to have the devil you know than the devil you don't, right? That's the way they're looking at it. So we got to get Candace Taylor up there, and she's got to get a chance to debate. I know she's got some debates coming up where she's going to be involved, but she should have been involved in every one of them. Now we're going to end the show with a smile today. And what do I mean by that? Well, Chris Wallace disgraced once, once one of the highest paid, once one of the most recognized pundits on TV, Chris Wallace, left Fox News to go where? To go to CNN+. Plus. We all know what happened in CNN+. Plus. He got paid $10 million a year. That's his contract. So they're going to find somewhere to plop this tired old, nobody cares about Democrat. He's not even a Republican. We'll call him a Democrat. But I want to play this to end the show today because Chris Wallace is actually claiming he's a victim in all of this. And I think it's funny. And I think it's nice to see. 
I think it's nice to see somebody who tried to trash President Trump, who tried to trash all of his supporters, who tried to call us insurrectionists, who called us terrorists, and who left Fox News because he just couldn't handle Tucker Carlson telling the truth anymore. Now he's on CNN Plus playing the blame game like every other Democrat in the world. Check this out. Well, Chris, the proverbial elephant in the room is the surprising announcement that CNN Plus is shutting down at the end of this week. How should news consumers react? Are there already enough choices for news sources out there? And are the days of streaming already over? <laughs> wow, that was quick. Um, <laughs> that was a nice segue. I like that. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. And I've been, as you know, a, uh, a victim of all of this in the last week. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, when I came over to CNN Plus, um, I, there were some very smart people from Jeff Zucker to Jason Kylar on down. Couldn't have been too smart. That the uh, future of cable news was in great jeopardy because of the fact that, you know, you're seeing people unbundle. They're not getting these big, expensive 50 channel uh, cable deals anymore. And uh, as a result, you, you saw, I think CNN has lost tens of millions of subscribers, uh, so is Fox, uh, you know, that this was just a wave of the future. And the idea was you've got to put, get a foothold in the streaming world because that's where the future of news um, off the, the, the mainstream networks is going to be. Now you have some equally smart people that have come in uh, with a diametrically opposed view. These are the new bosses uh, at CNN. Notice that he said we had some very smart people. Couldn't have been too smart. Notice how he said you got some equally smart people to come in. They can't be too smart. $300 million, another $200 million allocated, basically a half a billion dollars you lost in a month. Can't be too smart. He's a victim, though, ladies and gentlemen. Look, streaming is the wave of the future. Cable is not. We all know that. The problem is, is what I told you last week. They got in too late. They got in far too late. They should have done what Dana White did and got on ahead of the streaming two years ago. You're too late. Everybody's already streaming somewhere else. Bye-bye, CNN Plus. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. You know what I mean? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I've heard some people. We're going to get ready to end the show, but I have heard some people talk about my shirt today, saying they like the shirt. I do want to show you this brand-new shirt we have at JeremyHarrell.com. Very limited, though. We sold a ton of them last night, right when we got them up on the site. One nation under the armor of God. These are unisex t-shirts from small all the way to 3X. Again, very limited number of these available. One nation under the full armor of God. Check those out. If it's something that you like, you can get those right now on JeremyHerald.com. Guys, thank you very much for being here today. God bless each and every one of you. And remember, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there is only one Yahweh. So let's stand up tall. Let's keep our shoulders back. Let's keep our chest out and our head up high. Because we are children of God. And there is no weapon formed against us that will ever prosper as long as we keep the commandments of God and live the way we're supposed to live. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you tonight at 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Have a great day. See you later. Long as I'm bleeding, I'ma never stop screaming that we first in America.